There you go. Jeanette Chiefkins, all yours. Hi, everybody. Uh, Jeanette Jeffkins from Onyx Legal. So this morning, I just want to very quickly take you through the where's and why for's of disclaimers. So you may have seen on coffee cups, contains hot coffee. On packets of peanuts, contains peanuts. All the really common sense things that you would expect to see are as a, the result of ludicrous court proceedings in the past. Um, However, there is a place for disclaimers. Um, I don't think hot coffee needs to be written on coffee cups, to be quite honest. I don't think contains peanuts needs to be written on a packet of peanuts. But when you are offering a product or a service that either has compliance obligations to you or potential risk even a little risk to your consumers, then disclaimers can help to manage any claims that may may be made against you. So a really good example is we've got some clients who work or we've got a number of clients who provide education online. The education and training they provide is often around helping people to make money. So how to build a business in XYZ, how to build a um, Spotify store, how to, you know, all of these sorts of how-to things, how to be a $50,000 a booking consultant to how to get money from speaking gigs, all of these sorts of how-to products. Now, any sort of how-to product which surrounds money needs a disclaimer because too many people, too many of your customers have an expectation that you will do it for them, that just doing your course will win them the lottery. And if they don't, they get upset. So a really great example, we've got um, a wonderful client who has been providing this type of education for over 40 years. Um, And they probably once a year um, end up in court because somebody wants their money back. They sell high-end education programs, so over $20,000 a year. Um, And one of the most recent cases was somebody who had completed more than one of their programs over the course of about seven months. And two months after they had completed the final program, they applied, well, they went firstly back to my client and said, I'm not happy. I want my money back. Um, and our client said, well, um, on what basis? because we've delivered everything we said we would deliver. And um, this uh, customer came back and said, well, I haven't made any money. Now, you've got to understand the context. My client says in their education programs, we are not a quick, get quick, rich scheme. And they say that multiple times. And they say that when you do our program, what you learn here, you need to apply across a minimum of three years better over seven years, so three to seven years, to make money. Um, So this is two months after this person finished the program. Um, This matter did go to court. Well, it actually went to a tribunal. It went to the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal, which is a one of those venues where it's not as um, 
complicated as going through a court and the tribunal members don't have to necessarily comply with the rules of evidence. They can take what information they receive um, and make use of that information. So the tribunal member went through this applicant, um, something rotten, and said, can you explain to me what they haven't delivered? Because from all of the evidence before me, they have delivered not only what they said they would deliver, but more in addition to what they said they'd deliver. Um, And just because you haven't made money doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. It just means you haven't applied it. Um, And that is the primary example of what's going on in that space. Now, the kinds of disclaimers that we have for that client are if you participate in a face-to-face training program, you promise that you have the physical and mental capacity to participate. So it's your responsibility to manage your physical and mental well-being And if you do not have the capability to participate, you should not participate. Um, This is particularly important with anyone providing coaching or mentoring is disclaimers like um, our expectation of you is that you will do the work. We had a coach uh, a few years ago who the very first thing that was a requirement in their coaching program was that you had to at least start to fill out a business plan. They gave you a template and you had to start to fill it out. Um, Somebody completed their program and wanted their money back and had never even opened the business plan. So their disclaimer, it wasn't exactly a disclaimer, but it was a condition to what they did that said, we will provide you all the coaching we can, but we don't guarantee results because you have to actually do the work yourself. And that's what this is about. Hello, who's sharing their screen? Oh, sorry. Um, so disc- the purpose of a disclaimer, it is not a all-in-one remedy. So just because you have a disclaimer and there's loads of court cases on these sorts of things. So there was a um, one of one of the things you might be familiar with is real estate marketers and promoters um, promoting some you know whiz bang new development that hasn't been built yet and is a bit of muddy ground at the moment. They'll use all these pretty pictures and all sorts of things and they'll say things on their advertising and then in teeny tiny print at the bottom it will say. We are not responsible for the information here. You must verify it yourself before committing to purchase. Now, the courts have actually said, if you are going to promote everything in great big writing and make it really obvious and then put in teeny tiny writing at the bottom, something that someone may miss, that is not sufficient to work as a disclaimer. If you want a disclaimer to work, firstly, it must come to the attention of the purchaser before the point of purchase. It must be of the same prominence and importance as as all the other information that you provide to them. Um, It must be reasonable in the circumstances. So, you know, um, it can't specify some sort of condition that people can't comply with at all. Um, And a disclaimer, the, the way we write disclaimers is we have them twofold. So we generally say what a person can do for you. So, for example, if it was someone from a qualified or a professional space where you've got to um, maintain some sort of practicing certificate as we do, um, we might 
specify that our team are registered practicing lawyers, qualified, blah, 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 and actually list the qualifications and memberships that we have so that people can verify them if they want to. Um, we will include in disclaimers what is specifically the responsibility of the client or the customer. So like I was saying before, if a person is going to participate in some sort of physical or mental activity that they have, they believe they have the requisite skills and um, ability to participate, that it's not all up to the um, course deliverer to assess that. Uh, where there's any sort of promise of making money, there should be earnings disclaimers. So examples are not indicative of everyone's results. Um, comments about future earnings are highly speculative and are not promises that you should rely on, all of that sort of thing. So the purpose of a disclaimer is to manage and potentially reduce your claim but it has to be prominent enough for it to come to people's attention. Um, so if you are in any sort of regulated profession, so health professions, um, accounting, financial advice, all of those sort of things, you should have disclaimers on your website. If you are in a space like um, Kelly is, which is just uh, retail products, you don't need a disclaimer. Um, because the types of products they are are not, you know, um, risky type products. If you're selling chainsaws, you might have some terms and conditions on use there because um, that's something different. Uh, but if you're selling candles, I mean, you might put something about people should be mindful of where candles are lit, you know, not under curtains near windows that, with, that are open, that kind of thing. But it's not as essential as it might be in some sort of area which is much more heavily regulated. Um, so they're the, they're the sorts of things you need to know. Um, are there any questions? Yeah, Anna. You're muted. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I actually got a couple of questions. So my first one is... Um, does that mean that on my website or anywhere that I post, there should be a disclaimer like talking about orgasms and sex and it's 18 plus content or something like that? It's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it depends on the regulations of where you are and where you're marketing to. Um, and if it is, uh, so for example, if you were going to put anything on YouTube, you would have to say it's not, made for children it's it's content specifically that should not be available to children under the I think their age limit is 12 um, so it is worth looking at that and it is worth considering that because in a lot of spaces that is likely to offend um, um, regulations around what can be made available to children or what can't okay and the other question is because on my um, client agreement, I have a, a sentence that states, um, whatever I say, whatever advice I give or coaching, they are not, they don't have to follow my advice, my, whatever I'm saying, my coaching, et cetera. They yeah. always have the, so it, it, is it, that, 
Yeah, it should say something along the lines of any information that I share with you on a coaching or mentoring basis is information you should take into consideration for your own circumstances and only apply if you feel that's right and that, you know, if you've got any medical conditions, you consult a health professional and those sorts of things. Um, Yeah. Okay, thank you. So people should exercise their own better judgment. Hey, Dave. Hi, Jeanette. So I'm curious if the wording in agreements and on websites is to your satisfaction and then this sort of situation still arises where a dissatisfied client tries to, you know, request a refund or push back or threatens legal action. What kind of recourse would you recommend standing behind the boilerplate language that could ideally avoid having to get into the expense of of hiring legal support okay so um it's all about communication so that's got nothing to do with law and everything to do with communication and there are some fabulous um books that i have read on communication and you being somebody who can help people you know speak on stage would understand some of the elements of communication so it's all about um ensuring that someone feels heard because often it's because they you know have some sort of they're disgruntled for some reason and they just want to be heard um so it's listening but it's not necessarily agreeing um and there's no reason why you can't push back and simply say look i'm sorry uh i i don't believe that we've um uh, that we're required to provide a refund in these circumstances and we don't propose to do so. And then they may take further action. The other side of the coin is you look at what the value is to you and whether it would be worthwhile having to defend it. And you go, you know, it's $300. It's easier just to give them the $300 and walk away. So one, from a marketing perspective, I know there's one organization that if you, I can't remember which one it is, sorry, but if you ask them for a refund, you get the refund the same day and an apology from them and people deal with them again and again all the time because they're so credible. Um, so it's looking at your business and making those assessments on the whole of the business and each different sort of component of the business as to what you do and also who comes at you. Like some people, you just don't want them in your space and it's easier to give them a refund and make them go away, you know? Um, so it, it, it's a case-by-case basis, but I would always consider it from the perspective of energetically, do I need this <laughs> rather than financially? Okay. Um, Brenda. Brenda, can, yes. can, can we make this quick? Because we are running out of time and we've got to it's, get it's, the presentation. I think it's a pretty quick question. Um, so if I'm saying that using the system that I teach, I generated 3,000 qualified leads in one year, is yep. the message that I should put a disclaimer there as well? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Beautiful. Jeanette, thank you very much.